You're listening to Meet Katie on Lowering the Tone. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Lowering the Tone with me, Meet Katie. This episode, I've got an old friend of mine, Phil Klein, aka Bass Junkie, Battle Tracks head honcho, an all round nice guy. I caught up with him at his home on an absolutely blistering summer day here in the UK. We had a good hour and a half chat. We discussed everything from old school hip hop to the death of vinyl and to Donald Trump. <laughs> anyway, that's at the back end of the show, as always. Before then, I've got some blistering techno and the deeper selection. Right, let's get on with it. I'll work it, no play. Makes Jack a dull boy. I'll work it. No play. I'll work it. No play. I'll work it. No play. I'll work it. No play.
few shouts to give. Cade Burns, Mandy Rabbits, or Rabbits, however you pronounce it. Tony Ramirez, hello mate. David Date, John Clapton, Dan McKay, Max Edwards, Ben Smith, Fox One, and Cuba Flowers. Thank you, all you guys have dedicated something on Patreon. Really, really appreciated. If you want to track listening to this show, go to patreon.com forward slash lower in the tone. It's the only place that you can get a track listing, so head off over there. Right, onwards and upwards.
to all that made it out to the Emotion Festival in Manitoba, Canada a couple of weeks back. I'd like to give the whole crew a personal shout, uh, but there's so many of you. You all know who you are. You made me feel incredibly welcome and your hospitality, I mean, second to none. I see they're going to be doing another event in 2019. If you're in Canada, I can't recommend this festival highly enough. Okay, let's keep going.
Chicago Loop on Lowering the Tone with Meet Katie.
that i'm going to drop it down for the next 40 minutes we're bringing back the deep selection remember it's not exactly a promo mix it's just a load of tracks that i like that are a tad deeper than what i normally get to play this is Catherine ellis and i am delighted that you are lowering the tone with meet katie
this is Arcana. You're listening to Lowering the Tone with Meet Katie.
weekend the 25th of august you can catch me in the czech republic playing at the rock for churchill festival bizarrely named event apparently it's good this bank holiday monday you can catch me here in the uk at Notting hill carnival i'll be playing on the ever popular pineapple tribe sound system right let's get back into the deep stuff
Josie Touch and you're listening to Meet Katie on Lowering Your Tone. Shouts, massive congratulations to Mr. Matt Pook and DJ Lola on the birth of their twins Isaac and Isla. And on the subject of babies, it's worth mentioning Phil Klein, bass junkie, who I interview at the back end of this show. Him and his wife Sarah have had a baby called Oscar. At the beginning of the interview, you hear Phil talking about it. They're nesting their new home. Well done, guys.
you like the music you're listening to and want a track listing, head off to patreon.com forward slash lowering the tone. Got a few more Patreon members to give a shout to. Roger Hagado, Craig Healy, Robert El Duque, or Duke, should I say, Lauren Gallagher and Graham O'Reilly. Right, you're listening to me, me, Katie, and this is Lowering the Tone. I'm going to get all acid on you.
few more shouts I know that there's been loads this episode and I do apologise there is a lot of people to name check so Catherine Ryan Catherine Allen Quirky Junkit and my girl out there in Hong Kong Teresa Lam right it's the last track
hope you enjoyed that. You can catch up on all the backdated episodes at lowerinthetone.london. Right, let's get into the interview with Phil. Exclusive. This episode of Lowering the Tone, I've hooked up with an old friend of mine, Phil Klein, aka Bass Junkie. We're doing this interview in your dining room. Yeah. Yeah, and it it's, is. it's pretty warm today, isn't it? It is very warm. <laughs> so, it's not as warm as it has been, though, thankfully. I think we'd be cooking otherwise. Yeah, no, here, I've been frying, especially mm. not having any hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, how are you going, Phil? I'm good. I'm really good, thanks, mate. Yeah, and yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> good to it's hear. A, yeah, nice place you got here. I know. I can't believe I've got it, actually. It's a little bit... Uh, yeah, I'm still getting used to the fact that I'm living in a nice big house like this. It's uh, lovely. It's kind of place I want when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of very, a very grown-up's house, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is um... I've come from a little flat into this. I mean, it's all mortgage, Mark, but I mean, you know, I've got to pay that mortgage off. But, um, the bank own it. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, the bank own it. But uh, yeah, you know, I've got another kid on the way, like I said, in about two weeks' time. So. Right. And with the other one running around, uh, we needed more space. So, uh, yeah, ended up here and, uh, yeah, loving it. I've got nesting. To say. Yeah, <laughs> definitely is, nesting, it? yeah. Because <laughs> I, w- I walked in and I thought, Jesus, Electro's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was doing this well. It'd be lovely if Electro could pay for this. But unfortunately, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. All right, so let's um, let's get get to the well, instead of instead of us trying to do a history, what we're doing yeah. is we're just a little recap. For, I mean, first of all, there's going to be a lot of people out there that will be confused because Electro House n- now gets abbreviated to Electro, and it's not Electro. No, it's not. So, um, yeah. I mean, I I personally, as I mentioned to you, I I would consider you like authentic authentic Thank Electro. You. Yeah, I would hope that people but, um, would see that. How how would, how would you explain? How would you describe your sound? What my music? Um, yeah. Depending on what sort of style I'm doing. I mean, it's pretty much always electro. At least, you know, it's either purist electro, electro funk, electro bass, Miami bass sometimes, techno, electro. Yeah, electro techno, whichever way you want to say it. I do do some other genres, but it's always usually it's got the influence. The it's always got, but that not s- electro house. God no, never. <laughs> I would never EDM. lower myself to that. It's <laughs> never going to happen ever. No, I've done acid house. That's as far right. as the house oh, yeah, sort of yeah. tip I've done. Yeah. yeah, I like acid house. I, yeah. mean, I used to like house. I mean, you know, when a house was breaking through originally yeah. in the mid eighties, I was into it for a bit. I wasn't so sure about the, the four to the floor sort of thing. Right. I always liked the more sort of funkier electro beats myself. Yeah. And I preferred the 808 to more the 909. More sort of Yeah, more kick drums, you yeah. know, a little bit yeah. a little bit more inspired, let's put yeah. it that way, I, say, I would say. But, um, yeah, I was into it. You know, I was playing it back in those days. But uh, I soon went back to my roots. Yeah, you know. well, sort of drum, sort of machine head. Really. You're, you're a kind of machine head, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I really like the old gear. I mean, it's not that I'm a purist in how you make the music as long as it sounds great but um yeah i love that sound it was that early 80s sound that really captured my imagination you know listening to things like nucleus and planet rock planet rock yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, anything from that era that's mantronics mantronics yes, of yeah. course man parish yeah man parish yeah, yeah. Uh, twilight 22 cybertron uh world-class wrecking crew obviously with yeah. dr dre's original starting point yeah it was weren't it yeah, yeah and that, people forget that don't yeah they? they do yeah i mean uh that first album world class i think that's the first 
album I bought from Groove Records, definitely. Maybe not the first record I bought there. I think I first went there in 84, but that was on heavy rotation while I was a kid. You know, that right. that, I, that would be playing while I was playing video games on my Spectrum, you know. <laughs> <laughs> World-class wrecking crew. Yeah, so <laughs> old I am. <laughs> you know, we're in the same boat in that one. Yeah, but. I think I'm a bit older than you. Are you? Yeah, I'm 46. I'm 48. Well, I'm 48 next month. Yeah. No shit. I always thought you were younger than me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought we were the same age. <laughs> there you go. Oh, right. yeah. You just cheered me up tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember listening to that stuff and uh, obviously the Nucleus album, Jam on Revenge. Yeah. Those two albums and all the electro street sounds compilations yeah. were just, I just religiously listened to that over and over again in my bedroom, like playing computer games. I just had it all the time, mum's car. Yeah, taking it to school, you know, listening to it on a Walkman. I just lived and breathed that stuff. That was all I was interested in for many years. Well, ever since, really. Right. But that's how it started for me. Uh, that's mad, yeah, isn't Street it? Sounds really started. Street Sounds, yeah. Yeah, Street Sounds started it. Morgan. For me. Morgan Khan. Morgan Khan. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I remember. I remember his name popped up a little while ago, and I've yeah, tried to up now and then. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he was the guy that brought Street Sounds out, and it was. Yeah. I mean, no, you got to hand it to it? that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to hand it to him. I mean, without. Well, I mean, it would have somebody else would have done it, but I mean, he did it. Bringing the he collection. Brought it, yeah, together. he brought it affordable for kids to buy, and he did the whole series. It ran for a long time. I mean, there was. I mean, there was three crucial electros. Was there sixteen or seventeen of the electros? Yeah. And then there was the New York versus LA Beats and a few other ones here and there dotted about. I mean, there's at least twenty albums on that tip. Oh, and yeah, it was a really good run, and it was great. And that's what introduced me originally. And from that point, I was hooked. And I always loved that sound. The early days of hip hop, weren't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, I love hip hop too. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a real '80s hip hop person more than anything. Right. Um, I kind of yeah, I kind of drifted out of it probably around 1990 and I sort of devoted more of my time to just seeking out electro and Miami bass which was so hard to find in the right. UK you had to be it had to be dedicated to it and I, I seriously was so I kind of dropped off I was more into the electronic beats good scratching vocoders yeah. Yeah, know, anything I'm, like that you know I, I, love that I remember because sort of I like the audience won't know this but me and Phil go back from yeah. our childhood yeah definitely uh, but I remember you used to scratch I remember you, when yeah. you were DJing you could be one, one of the only people out of our crew <laughs> that could scratch yeah <laughs> I know yeah when I first met a lot of people were like Cy Brown uh, Dexacist and yeah. people like that yeah they were kind of like wow guys scratching but i tell you actually you know alex hazard don't you oh well recently yes i know him ages ago but recently we've reconnected just yeah. by a facebook post funny enough really yeah. well it's alex that basically told taught me indirectly originally but he uh, do you know Stuart wilson he was my old friend he knew alex hazard very well right. he, i formed a dj little collective with Stuart. we bought some gear Called okay. ourselves a uh, base station crew. That was about 86. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we hooked up with Alex because Alex had um, some gear as well. And Alex could scratch. And Alex was right. an amazing DJ, still is. And I don't think he plays out that much now. But he's just, he said he's moved back to the UK, to Bristol. Yeah, he's got um, like a bistro or some bar or something. Yeah, we, we, we've been chatting recently. Yeah. Um, and only very briefly, um, it was just, we, we, it turns out we've got a mutual friend. And right. Then, and then I thought you might have known him, you know. I really did. Maybe I, from, from like... I, um, do, I do know him from King Size. Right. But 
Um, I, I mean, I don't know him as well as you you would imagine. I know him just yeah. a little bit through music. Right. I thought maybe you would have met him. Did you ever go to the roller skating in Walton back in the day? The, yeah. The, what's yeah, it? He yeah. was always there. I think that's how Stuart met him. And that's oh, really? how I got introduced. Because I used to do some scratching the there as disco. well. roller disco. Yeah, the roller disco. <laughs> I used to Because <laughs> I used to scratch up there as well with the oh guy. Um, I can't remember his name now. But he was uh, going out with Stuart's sister. This is the connection. And uh, so I got, and I was, I could scratch because Stuart had shown me on a little hi-fi, you know, I was using yeah, the, yeah. the volume as a fader and just <laughs> using our own decks. That's how we started out. Then we bought some 1210s when they first came yeah. out, got a little set up and started doing little gigs around the place. And Alex had some connections. He was doing house parties. I think he knew an estate agent that knew what properties were empty. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we would go around <laughs> London, there's certain parts of London, like Hayes and that sort of area, I seem to remember. And do parties sometimes. In these empty uh, properties. These empty properties, yeah, just for a house party. And we just set up there and play through the night and then everyone turf out. And oh it was just God. like, it was kind of like a mini warehouse gig, I suppose. Things but have Little four-bedroom house. <laughs> yeah. But that's how I started getting into doing like little gigs because obviously me and Stuart bought the decent gear. I think it was a little bit better than Alex had at the time, but he had some really good lights and amps and things like that to go with it. And we just all club together and we just throw on these little parties. Not not masses of them, right. but that's how I got into it. Right. Um, so it's kind of, playing out. I mean, we, uh, moving on from there is mm. one, one of the reasons we got to know each other better was through the part, free party scene. Yeah, from the Fear Teachers fear thing. Fear Teachers. Yeah, which, early 90s, 91, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And I mean, the Fear Teachers made up with some a bunch of people that kind of went on to, you know, people um, like Dexter Sis, Simon yeah. Brown and uh, yeah. Keith Tenniswood. Yeah, Keith wasn't really part he, of a, he of wasn't a, of part a fear, of fear Teacher, but he was always there. But he, he was, was there, about. weren't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. And um, it, it's funny because I, I met up with um, a Breaks producer called PMT, right? And um, his name's Will Brunner, and he come from the same. We used to hang out back Bill, at these free parties. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, Billy. You live um, in Walton. Yeah, yeah. And um, has he? Oh, didn't he do stuff? Is he? And he started his own. own he went moved to South Africa and started yeah. knocking out some breaks under the name PMT. And I remember just looking him up, thinking, "I love this guy's music." It turns out I know him really well. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's a funny fact then, because he recorded his first ever record in my studio. No way. In Woking, yeah. And I, you know what? I can't remember what it was called, but um, he did a 12 inch and he brought it out on a label. I think something was funded by a shop in Guildford at the time. So this would have been very early 90s. Right. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I might even have a copy of it because I think he gave me a copy of it. And I seem to remember him, he was using my 303 on it, and I think he reprogrammed it, and it played the bass line of We Come to Rock by Imperial Brothers, which oh, was Hashim. <laughs> and I think he'd done that on the 303. Oh, I've got to think, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, something like Inter something Dimensional Space something. I'll don't quote me out. on that, yeah. but yeah, that's Bill Brunner. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. There you go. PM, because a lot, a lot of people that listen to this show will know stuff through the breaks, but yeah, PMT's gone on to that's do him. some I didn't stuff. even know he was even doing anything. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Yeah, he was making some wicked break beat. Really? Yeah. Yeah, sort of more progressive sort of stuff, but, but, you know, quality. Excellent. Well, there you go. There we go. So um, talking of like hookups and stuff, um, collaborations, you've got, it's probably worth mentioning, you've done, you've done a fair few collaborations. Yeah. um, Especially in the last, uh, I'd say nine, 10 years. Yeah. Um, Because I kind of dropped off doing my own stuff in the last nine, 10 years. I kind of really got fed up. Uh, working solo and just yeah. putting out bass junkie stuff. I kind of felt I'd reached a point where like, a, I don't really know what I'm going to do at the moment, but I was really enjoying working with other people. So yeah, I sort of went down that route. Working with, I always work with Dex Assist. Yeah. So, um, 
We got three little projects on the go with each other. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I mean, was the stuff that... uh, Because he owns Control Tower... Yeah, him and Keith, right. Keith Tenniswood. Yeah, that was that's their label. Uh, it's now defunct. I don't know if right. they're going to bring it back or not. They might do. I mean, right. yeah, it could be the time to do it. But then so many people have little labels going on now, and it's kind of nice to let other people deal with all the yeah, it's a lot of the hassle. aggro. Yeah, it is a lot of hassle. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of hassle, and yes, yeah, so I don't really have the time. So, were you just sort of split the releases, or was it for all through Battle Tracks? Um, well, my stuff, Battle Tracks. Uh, me and Sai would just do all the Kronos device stuff for Battle Tracks and Gods of Technology, another one we did. Oh, and actually, and Basing Guild is another thing we do. <laughs> the Basing Guild is like a more Miami bass uh, sort of style, and um, it tends to be remixes as well, a lot of the time of classic Miami bass stuff that we love. Um, but the other stuff, yeah, it's, it's pretty much always come out on um, Battle Tracks. But right. the Control Tower stuff, that was uh, Cy and Keith's baby, really. Uh, I did do a release on there for them. I think they did about seven or eight, maybe, right. maybe even more. I think there was some that didn't come out. They were they were doing stuff for um, oh, I can't remember his name now. What's the guy who did bring forth the guillotine? Silver Bullet. Yeah, really? Yeah, he did an album with him. No Keith way. didn't produce an album with him. It never came out. I don't know for some reason it all uh, he had cold feet on it and it all just just sat there on the wonder, shelf. Ooh, but there was a like twelve inch. There was a ten yeah. inch. I think called Seven Deadly Sins or something like that. Maybe. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there's a Dexasis remix and stuff. Yeah, they all, that came out, I think. And then there was meant to be a tour, and then he, he just decided he wasn't up for it. Right. And that's just got shelved. That's a shame. That was the last I mean, that, on tower. paper, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you should, you should talk to Keith. I will, I'm sure talk, Keith's yeah. got the dats somewhere. I mean, he must it. have. Yeah. I'll see if I can track that down. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was a big Silver Bullet fan as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I always remember the first one. I love that. I was, I was 20 gutted. seconds to comply. Yeah, because I was and gutted because I had a track I'd finished using that same sample. From Robocop. Robocop. Yeah, and I had the whole thing at the end. It was like a... Because at the time, I was I was using a friend's studio next door where I lived. This would have been like 88, 89. And um, I was doing stuff like on the Miami bass, Dynamics 2 tip. Also like the Unknown DJ uh, X-Men project, yeah. which was various sort of sampled tracks made into a track, you know. And uh, it was one of those sort of things. And it had that at the end, the whole 20 seconds to comply, the counting down and then the, yeah. the guns going off. I, the, I ripped the whole thing basically, Brilliant, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it never came out. I've got it on quarter inch tape somewhere, but it's all it's all a bit ruined. But oh, uh, yeah, I need to dig that out. I think my sister's got it. But, uh, yeah, one of those things I never I sort of threw out with my sister Salvage. She's she's good like that, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. They, they did a whole album, yeah, and it never came out, which is sad. Oh, that's really? a, yeah, it's a shame. I might have words. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, locate some. Yeah, I mean, you know, Keith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, there was another one that you mentioned, which you sent me a load of tracks, and I mean, you sent me a lot. Of I know, tracks. yeah. <laughs> I kind of sent you the whole battle tracks was, package, uh, and then it was like, oh, I better send you the latest bass junkie stuff. And I was like, oh, actually, and then there's all this other stuff. Well, I mean, we'll get onto the new bass junkie stuff in a yeah. bit, but it, going back over your back catalogue, I mean, because there's a tempo issue in, well, not an issue. It's just that I play it's a lot slower tempo yeah, to what yeah. you make tracks. Yeah, um, the ones that ones that jumped out at me that. I can play that fits straight into tempo wise yeah. was the middleman. Yeah, and that's with Jim Neen, yeah. also and you, I was, you go way back with as well. Yeah, well I know Jim as well, <laughs> yeah. but, but very Crazy impressed. Um, oh thanks. Yeah. It's it's electro, just kind of it's just not as gnarly. Yeah. But 
but it but it's still pumping. Yeah, it's, it's a little um, bit more on the Detroit tip yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, that's a really good. good yeah. yeah, Jim Jim's very loves loves the Detroit sound. I mean, I do too, obviously. But we sort of when we decided to do stuff together, I mean, it wasn't initial, but as we've progressed, it's like he's let's make it a little bit more on the Detroit tip yeah. than the other stuff I was doing with other people, you know, so that's kind would, of how that I would happened. 100%, I mean, now you've said it, I, yeah. I mean, I can actually hear a sort of like the, kind of like the deeper underground resistance type Yeah, sounds. it's got a bit more of that yeah. going on, yeah, because yeah. we both love that. And, uh, oh, wicked. You know, yeah, and in fact, I was with him on Sunday because um, he lives in Birmingham now and I was down there for a gig and uh, we got a, st- a track start and it's very already sounding very Detroit <laughs> the beats are a little bit different but the the, 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 the synth parts at what we've done so far is, is, is definitely on that Detroit tip fantastic yeah yeah we'll oh, mate, I look forward to hearing yeah, that yeah I'll send um, it to you yeah, I mean yeah. it just it, I mean, it just jumped out the, yeah. the package I'm, I'm glad you like that yeah, yeah. I, it's more more just because of the tempo because yeah. obviously the super fast stuff yeah I, I, I do I, I do <laughs> go quite fast sometimes yeah man, like man, I said though I have, I have been I've start, I've, I'm mellowing in my old age and I'm I'm starting to bring it down a bit. Every time I start to write something now, I'm starting in the mid 120s. I might speed up a little bit, but I tend to find when you get used to that tempo, you start, well, yeah. that's good. That's fast enough now. Yeah. I well, think I've noticed that a bit actually with, uh, with Electro. I think it is, seems to be not as, no, not going up into the 140s again as it had been. I mean, I was doing that a lot at one point. Yeah, there's a lot of 136, 138. Yeah. I was pushing up to 146s and oh, stuff really? like that. Yeah, with Simon, definitely. Wow. Yeah, with the Kronos device stuff, which is quite fierce at times, and that was that was going up there. Yeah. Yeah, nice. No, <laughs> do you know what? It's, fan- it's really interesting music, and I don't mean no. that in like a, oh, it's interesting. It's <laughs> It's interesting to see what you can do at such a fast tempo, because... You're limited with how much space you've got between the beats. Yeah. It's, so, it kind of gets kind of aggressive at that speed. <clears throat> and yeah. kind of that's what the, the Kronos device thing we were always going for. It was kind of hard edge. It was really what it was was a, 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 a continuation of what the project I did with um, Scott Weiser of Dynamics 2 back right. in the late 90s, the industrial bass machine thing. And we never really made anything after the album. We talked about it. We started a couple of things, and they never really went anywhere. Yeah. And then it just sort of fizzled out. And uh, I was like, I still had loads of those tracks in me. And I, you know, Simon wanted to do music with me, so we decided that we'll can try and continue with the continue, similar theme right. and make it, you know, that real raw yeah. electro vocals. Yeah, <laughs> distorted kicks and yeah. really fast and furious and aggressive robotic, you know. Yeah, and robotics are yeah, good for it. And yeah. that's kind of what we did. That's the whole like, you know, the whole concept of it is is, is on that level although that mind you the last track we did was very political <laughs> which is <laughs> completely yeah. well, I, I was just getting angry so I wrote all the lyrics and it was all about the state of the world and you know right it's called kill switch we even did a video for that one actually oh, funny enough yeah I'll have to send you it is that is that is that, is that gonna come out it's out yeah it's oh, out. Right. I was oh, actually wait, probably oh. on the package I sent you oh yeah, be right. there. yeah, uh, yeah it came out uh well it came out on video probably if few years back but we did the vinyl eventually got round to releasing it last year i think early last year that was the latest battle tracks release. okay but yeah but we did that but the, that was me getting angry too much <laughs> facebook <laughs> probably yeah yeah seeing everything just there it, it is yeah but i was just fully addicted but yeah you know you see the world just oh, uh, anyway i won't go into I it know. but yeah <laughs> so that was my like venting song that one um so we've um we, we've we've like a because you, you release product, don't you? Like, you, yeah. like we were chatting before we started, yeah, digital I, secondary rather yeah. than... 
I mean, digital's great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great to have it. I mean, it's, it's great for people who want it like that. But for me, I like to have a physical product. Mm. I like to hold it in my hand. You know, I like to know that it's there. It, I can't, it can't be wiped off my hard drive. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't, it can't be lost in the ether. I like to just... You remember that excitement Collect. when you used to go to the record shop when you were yep. younger? Getting the train up to London and... Uh, coming back and you know, opening the imports, like rubbing them on your legs. So you, oh, yeah. You know, just yeah. taking the record out, reading what's written in the etch out and the little run out grooves and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I like the physical products. I like the artwork. I like, just like the, the look sleeve of vinyl. Notes. Yeah, everything. Yeah. It's all, it's all part of the package for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm old school in that respect and I like to have that. I mean, I don't mind having digital as well as vinyl, but I never intentionally release just digital only right i don't i don't go to i mean i have offers a lot from people i want to put out your music i say yeah yeah do you do vinyl i oh, know it's just digital i'm saying look i'm not not being funny or anything but i could just do that day in day out myself yeah. like, why would i give you the track to do digital when i could just do it myself and keep everything yeah it yeah. doesn't make any sense if you're willing to put some money into getting it pressed up commit out yeah yeah and you know give me some and then you know do what you want and, and sell it like that then yeah I'm, I'm willing to work with you but if you're not, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. And I, I'll, if I was just to do digital, it, yeah. I could just do it myself day in, all the time. It's no problem. It's not much of an outlay, hardly any risk. No. Um, but no, I like, to, I like to release vinyl. So if people are doing that and they have a label and they like my music and they say, yeah, we'll, do, we'll press up this amount, I'm like, yeah, great, let's do it. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's it a nice is. way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I just love it. I, I like to keep it. I'm a collector of that sort of thing. You know, I've got... I love my records. <laughs> yeah, there's something sort of said about being collectible that, like, like, like you say, is that you can build up a collection. Yeah, I, I recently interviewed um, a guy called Brent from Aquasky, right, and he's converted his his garage. It, it, I mean, it's wall to wall records, and he had this little kind of fetish of collecting like original, original hip hop seven inches. Yeah, yeah. And he had this massive... He's got loads of that, has he? he's been hunting them down. Yeah, there's a few people who do that. You yeah, know? that's a great thing to get into. I mean, uh, I think I heard that interview. Was that the recent one? Yes, the most yeah, recent I did. one. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah, I mean, it he's just... It, it, means, it means something to him. And, yeah. you know, it's similar with the digital thing. He, can, he comes from the, the vinyl era. Yeah. And, you know, he just views music of, well, it's so disposable now. That's the kind of thing I feel as well. The thing is as well, I mean, if you're, if you're from that era, you remember the excitement attached to going to the record shop and trying to find stuff and getting stuff. Because, you know, it, was, it wasn't an f- infinite amount of... It, like, you can download to the cows come home. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. It's available. Yeah. Records weren't. You'd go into the shop. If you, if you were there too late on a day, yeah. you, you missed out. You didn't know someone who worked in the record shop to hold back certain things for you, you'd miss out. Yeah. And especially with the things I was listening to in the late 80s... When, when electro sort of was dying off and Miami bass was there, but a lot of it, you wouldn't get it in, in the stores. You'd get a few copies would be dropped off by the distributor. Unless you knew someone like I, I knew people at Groove, they knew what I liked, they would keep it back. But there was someone like, I'm going to get two copies sometimes. So they spread yeah. them around the shops around London. You had to be lucky to get some of that stuff. And I was fortunate, but it's, it's part of the whole thing about vinyl hunting. It's just exciting. And when you get something you've been looking for for an age or something on a label that you really, really like or by an artist you really love and suddenly it comes out, there was no, you know, certain things in those days, you didn't know it was even coming out. It would just suddenly walk into a shop, there's a new one on that label I yeah. love. I wouldn't even have to listen to it. I'd just buy it. Yeah. Because it's on that label. I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, sometimes that wasn't the case. But most times it, it would be. 
But then, if you, I mean, if you've collected most of the back catalogue, you want it anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because you kind yeah. of add to Although it. I have, I mean, I'm, I'm quite ruthless as well. I mean, I'm, I have a collection. It's not a massive collection now because I have turfed out over the years. I'm always still buying stuff, but uh, right. I like to keep it my core. You know, I haven't got room for, well, I suppose I have a bit more now, but I didn't have. So, right, you know, yeah. I'd always try and uh, turf out what I find is not really relevant to me anymore. Yeah, I wish I had. I wish I, I. I need to do that. Yeah, have you got thousands still? Um, I got rid of half my correct record collection. Yeah, and I could probably dwindle it down to. Yeah, a, I could probably half it again, again. with stuff that I really love. Yeah. Um, the only problem I've got is I sold my decks. Oh, have you? Yeah, so oh, I can't no. listen to the white labels to see what they are, whether I need to get rid You're of them. You're going to have to read the little the runout grooves yeah. there for the catalogue numbers. Uh, I keep reading to go through them, but I need to borrow a deck. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, yeah, you're going to have to do it, I think. Well, yeah. Discogs is a great thing. I mean, since Discogs popped up, I put my whole collection on there and I've been selling bits and pieces over the years, even stuff on my own label as well. So it's just trickling out here and oh, there. Okay. You know, back catalogue just goes out all the time. It's a great way of getting rid of music, you know. Yeah. And yeah, uh, sure. it's a great way of finding stuff as well that you missed out on, obviously. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. Um, I, bought, I brought some of my old albums off Discogs because oh, did I you? didn't have you copies. Didn't have no, I had to buy my own <laughs> albums. <laughs> did you never keep them? Uh, I just don't know where they went. They pro- I moved a few times and they're probably in somebody else's loft now. Oh, right. So, oh, you know, t- talking about people with records in lofts, I had a friend of mine um, live locally and he had some stuff and I was kept telling him, I was like, you know, we get drunk together. I say, just get them down. I'll sell them for you. And I started selling them for him on Discogs. And he had some really good stuff in there, like really collectible, lots of warp stuff, some oh, Aphex okay, Twin. Cool. And there was a white label in there. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I put the cat number. And I remember putting it into Discogs. I left it right at the back, the few white labels that he had. I thought, because they were a pain in the arse, you've got to find them and find out what it was. Turned out it was an unreleased Aphex Twin Analog Bubble Bar 5. Really? It was only 35 copies in existence. Sold it for a grand for him. No. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting up in his loft. He still, to this day, didn't know how he got it. He had no idea how it arrived because it, it was only sent out with people who had ordered an Analog uh, release through Reflex. And it had... They had not pressed up enough, so they couldn't f- fulfil the order. They had to press some more, and they said in the meantime they gave him an extra prize, this unreleased uh, analog bubble bar five. So I spoke to Grant about it. I said, look, I found this record, Grant. It says this on it, and it sounds like Aphex. And he goes, yeah, no, that's definitely an original. There's only like 30-odd of those, no and that's way. it. And I stuck it on Discogs. I had people offering me stupid money, like taking the piss at one point. How held in there for him, and I think it, was, I think it went for a grand. That's I've a grand amazing. or twelve hundred quid. That's yeah, brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, I might have to go through my records. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if you've got one of those in there. And I wasn't that. I mean, I mean, I like some of Aphex Twin stuff. I mean, I'm a bit, you know, not everything, but some of his stuff is genius. And that yeah. one, I was, I was like, mm, I can see why he didn't really put it out. It wasn't something that I immediately in stood out. To yeah, to some of the other stuff, but which he does. But I was like, oh, okay, but yeah, obviously it commands a great price because it's so yeah. rare. Yeah, and him being yeah, like back done. out again, putting an al- albums out and twelves yeah. out again, hit at the right time. He went into his loft at the right time. That's it. I found out what it was. He was happy. I was happy. You know, it was, and uh, it's aligned. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so we've um. You know, we we started we started to touch on, on it a little bit on um, recording and releasing on other labels. Yeah, um, Control Tower being one of them, um, but also Electrics and a Touching Bass. I I kind of I, I had to highlight because um, Billy Nasty and Andrew Parker. I mean, yeah. they're very um, uh, 
cult figures within yeah. the scene, really. Yeah. Um, how, how did that come about? How did... Uh, just got contacted by... Uh, well, Andrea contacted me. I seem to remember. This is so long ago now. Uh, she was starting the label and she wanted some of my music on there. She liked what I was doing. So just submitted some tracks um, and she picked which ones she liked and that came out. Uh, similar with Billy. He was he was starting Electrics. Um, I think I met him at the Dog Star in Brixton. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember how I got down there or how it happened, but I ended up down there and I met him there and chatting with That's, him. He used to do a night there, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And I came down there and, yeah, he just said to send him some stuff and I had a lot of stuff lying around. And, right. Because I, I did a double pack for him. So, uh, yeah, he picked quite a few bits and pieces and that, that oh, came cool. out with him, yeah. I should just send him some more stuff because he's kind of revamped it again, hasn't he? It's yeah. Back, it's back again. Yeah. Yeah, I should... Uh, there's a lot of labels around again at the moment, and a lot of labels are pushing it quite a lot. And uh, yeah, I need to resurge. Oh God, definitely. Yeah, it's nice to see actually. Well, I've it? seen that. It, I, I kind of think that it's connected to. I, I think that with the, well, let's say like the te- the techno scene. Obviously, I mean this the techno scene worldwide is is huge. Yeah. it's massive, and it's a bit more of a kind of lifestyle type scene. It's, yeah, um, but people like. You know, DJ Hell. Yes, yeah. They're they're, they're kind of not just mu- music mu- music icons. They're sort of fashion icons right. as well. Yeah. So when they start moving into a certain music, it sort of almost becomes trendy again. Yeah. And I feel that that's kind is of is he what's doing happening. that again as well? Yeah. Is he? Yes, yeah. He is, yeah. Okay. So and I mean, Anthony Roffel is his engineer, I believe. Oh, was he? Yeah, he oh, was right. engineering a lot you know of his stuff. I never even knew that. Yeah. Um, so. I can you can yeah, see Rother's back again doing yeah. electro. And so yeah. I kind of you start seeing the connections being made. And yeah, you know, I mean it's it definitely of... getting a lot of exposure again, which is That's great. It. I mean, you know, um, I hope it spreads to more of the lesser known artists as well yeah. than the people who have always been there a bit more at the forefront because of their their status. But you know, I'd like to see everyone getting a good well, chance. Well, I noticed labels like Tronic and even. Um, even drum code are sort of messing about sl- with sort of some electro, electro beats. Yeah, that's um, good. You know, so, I mean, Matronic in particular, I've brought a couple of stuff that I've been playing on the show. The, it's pretty much electro. Really? You know? Yeah. That's good. Um, which I think is good. I, I think it's healthy, especially because it, um, it's, it's like when, when drum and bass was at its peak and they used to stick Garage in the back room. Right. And then Garage started to have its day yeah. because of all the support it was yeah. gaining from the drum and bass crowd. Right. So I mean I kind of see that with electro. Oh, I, hope, I hope it. I hope, I hope it happens know, like that. It would be techno's a titan. Yeah, but you know it has access to a massive market. So electro's always been a very close cousin. Yeah. to techno. I mean electro's really come first. You know. Oh it's, yeah, it's definitely. The, it's the birthplace, really. I mean. Yeah. Electro was there, but yeah, it's always kind of not given as much exposure as everything else. It's always been one of those genres, isn't it? It's always been there. It never disappeared for the for the people who are big fans of it, like myself, but. It's it's always been bubbling under, it never disappears. Right, but it's coming back. Uh, yeah. If I say coming back from where, but it's definitely getting. It's just getting more, more interest, te- more again. attention. I yeah, think, which is good. I'm glad. I just hope uh, people who have stuck with it for a long time get their day as well. Yeah, there's some great yeah. artists out there. Some brilliant. Yeah, rather than there. a bunch of techno producers. Yeah, exactly. Just jumping <laughs> yeah. on it and yeah, and doing their thing <laughs> yeah. with it, and then it dies again. And yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I mean, electro will always continue. There, are, there are too many people. It's just it is it is their life, like myself. You know, that's what we want. That's what we love, and that's what we we're always going to do. Right. Well, where would you see? Like where would you see? It's kind of where would you see the sort of the main popularity? 
of electro. Yeah. <clears throat> well, in country wise. Yeah, country cities. Never really. I mean, Florida's always been a big yeah. place for it. Florida's always had that. I electro. suppose it's a bass scene, isn't it? Yeah, it's always been tied in with the bass yeah. sound as well. And you know, that, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's even spilled into like pop music now, bass music, yeah. isn't it? You know. Yeah. You got uh, Jealous J, uh, who was an old Miami bass artist on Cut It Up Def Records. Who actually did stuff with Dynamics Two Records, which I used to be on. He is now known as Jim Johnson, and he produces uh, what's her name? <laughs> I can't remember her name because I'm not into that pop music. Though. Right. Uh, I can't even think of her name. Massive right. pop star. Uh, Katie really Pe- commercial. Katy Perry. No, but on that sort of tip. Taylor um, Swift. No. I'll oh, no, we'll have to look it up I'm, on Google. Yeah, you Google it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he was he's a bass head. I mean, he uh, that's what he did, and he was. I mean, I loved his music. I've got lots oh, okay. of stuff by him. Um, his name is Jealous J, Jim Sheffer, but he calls himself Jim Johnson. Here we go. I love Google. <laughs> <laughs> so he produces. Uh, God, that's not who I was thinking of. Well, Nelly Usher. Oh wow. Eminem. I didn't even know he did that. Well, loads of people. But it's not the person I was thinking of. I'll have to come back to it because obviously I'm just going to sit on my phone. Okay, yeah, 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 we've found it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, him, yeah. But you hear all that um, sound. Yeah. The 808 kick drum booming. Yeah. And just pop music now. I mean, it's just, it's in that hip hop sort of sound. It's definitely connected with hip hop. I mean, especially the the 808, you know, kind of that big. That whole sound, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I love the 808. I think mean, it was probably the 808 that my ears pricked up to originally in the first place. Right. Just hearing, I'm thinking, what the hell is that? It doesn't sound like drums. I mean, it, it's a, a version of drums, but it doesn't sound like real drums. But that was what was pleasing it's to me. That's awesome. what I loved about it. It's because you can do so much to the individual sounds. Yeah, and it just sounded so weird and clean and round. It always sounds very really round to me, the 808. The congas sound like little yeah. balls and the 808 drum, the kick. Like it's very round. Everything sounds round. The, the the cowbell sounds. I don't know. It's all very clean and. That's probably why you can fit so much in the grooves because they just kind of slot in. Yeah, whereas they, do. they don't. It have... always sounds good. Yeah, it always sounds good. I find it easier to mix anything with like um, electro style sound because they're obviously cleaner. Yeah. Whereas I spend a lot of time trying to clean my sounds up. Yeah. Right, when I'm just sampling bits and playing stuff in, I, yeah. I tend to, and then I tend to add my own sort of distortion and kind of right. mess it up and then yeah. spend the whole whole session trying to clean up tracks that I've made dirty. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be a pain. I mean, yeah, I work with the 808 predominantly, obviously. It's, it's kind of my uh, drum kit of choice. But, uh, you know, I like to other things as well, but I always keep coming back to it. There's just something about it. Yeah, well, it just I mean, fits electro perfectly as well. And I know, you know, you shouldn't stick with one thing. And I do put other sounds in as well, but there's always going to be the underlying theme. There's going to be an 808 kick in there. Right. It's just because it's so Boom. powerful. It's got so much bass in it. And it's even if I layer it with something else, there's just an 808 in there somewhere. Right. You know, it just yeah. the way it cuts through in the mix I like. So yeah. out of interest, um, what do you feel about like ghetto tech? I never really got into it that much, you know, but I do like it. I, I quite like a bit of it, but I'm not, I'm not an, an expert on it. No, no, I was just, I was just interested in if, if it sort of crossed, crossed paths. Yeah I, I, yeah, I remember listening to it. I remember going to nights and it'd be playing and it, yeah, it's all... DJ Godfather. Yeah, basically. The salt, yeah, yeah, those I mean, two guys, yeah. Ones. I heard um, DJ Godfather is uh, coming back with his label, I think Twilight... Se- no, Database. Database, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, that's all 
coming back with a force apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was something, uh, an EPM mail out. Um, they were oh, talking wow. about them and, and it was, uh, I was thinking, oh yeah. Because I was thinking about doing something. I won't, I won't mention what it is actually. Oh, okay. I'm trying to keep it under wraps. But I was thinking about approaching him with this idea. Oh, okay. So maybe when I get round to maybe finishing that little thing, yeah, it might be something I might want to send to him. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to say any more on that one. Actually, yeah, right I, I mean, I mean <laughs> I've, I've always found it quite interesting. I, I saw DJ, um, saw Godfather while I was out in San Francisco. I, I was with yeah. some friends and they wanted to go and see him. And yeah. I, I was there for the week. So we, so we went to go and see him. And, um, um, I spoke to him after and I said, oh, you it's know. Brian, what? isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I said, oh, would, how would you describe the music? And he goes, I would just call it the fast shit. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and it was really fast. Yeah. Well, what tempos are we talking there? Oh, man. It was 40, 140 plus. Yeah, it was all up there. I mean, is, anything yeah. over 136 sounds fast to me. Yeah. But damn. It was... I think he used to play quite a lot of strip clubs, didn't he? Well, that was the story behind it. That yeah. The music was actually... They were DJing and they would just start making music for the strippers to sort of shake to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. To get the tempo up. So they early just, twerking. Yeah, like early that. twerking, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, to get all the strippers. So, it, you know, it kind of got the tag strippers music. That's right. Because I, I actually, I remember meeting him a long time ago. I think Oliver Way from, you know, EPM, Oliver Way. And that no. Thing. Yeah, right. No. He introduced me years ago at a gig we were playing at, I think it was in Holland or something, or Belgium maybe. And uh, got introduced to, to Brian there, and he we were talking. Apparently, he used to work with Two Live Crew as well. Oh, it wouldn't surprise so that's me. That's that yeah. whole that that whole ghetto tech thing. It is a version, a yeah. sped up version of Two Live Crew. You know, profanity and like yeah. You know, there was know, a lot of swearing. Your, shake your it? booty yeah. and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so that's where he's coming from, and gotcha, that's he's you know yeah. evolved that sound into a faster sort of more Detroit based. Yeah, thing. there's actually a really good documentary about ghetto tech. Is there? And I can't remember a name of I'll it. I'll have to yeah, get it I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going back <clears throat> ten years yeah. when I saw it. But right. but there is a there's a there's a documentary about Ghetto Tech okay. knocking a, knocking on the internet. Yeah, I'm sure, I'd sure like you'd to be see able that. to find it on yeah, YouTube I'll, or I'll something. YouTube it, yeah. I'd like to see that. Actually. And they were talking to all the different like people making the music. It was predominantly Detroit yeah. at the time, but they were sort of describing what it was. And I think I think a, <laughs> it was a big part of it was that they were interviewing all the DJs at a strip club, yeah. but in the day. <laughs> and it was just, they just hang out there all the time. It looked really rough. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it did I'd like to good. see that. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, you know, Ghetto Tech. Again, it's another 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 sort of sub-genre of electro that's yeah, it's taken another, it's, root. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got the base. It's, it's got its base in electro. Yeah. And it's come from there. Definitely. Yeah branched out yeah i mean I'm, i was um yeah very very um very impressed <laughs> so i mean we, we got we got talking a few weeks back i what it was is i saw you post something right and it's a new track oh the model citizens album track it was that, I, track. I didn't yeah. i didn't i i mean i just sent you a message straight yeah away. it was quite funny actually, actually actually it wasn't the track you posted something and you said why are all my fans mental oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh yeah yeah well, why do i only have crazies that follow me yeah. and i i hit you up i went yeah i hope you're not talking about me <laughs> <laughs> no this was someone else uh yeah i've got a few people like that i've had over so the what, years what was the story behind uh that? there's a guy on facebook who keeps sending me the most weirdest messages and like he's the devil or something and uh i need to uh <laughs> what he thinks he's the devil yeah or he's uh, he could go on about being the beast and stuff like that um i won't say his name 
he does music as well, which is weird. And he sent me something about he wants me to listen to. I haven't got around to that yet, but I kind of tend to not delete these people or block them because <laughs> I kind of find it entertaining, even though it's just weird. I mean, I'm like, telling was just, you know, just like, what are you talking about, mate? And fuck off, you god botherer and all that sort of business. But he's, I've got to be saved, apparently. <laughs> I think my posts are annoying him. But uh, yeah, it was very weird. And that's why I posted that. I think I was a little bit drunk at the time because I was working, we were finishing the last track for the Model Citizens album. Which I posted the video up afterwards. Right, and that was, I mean, yeah, yeah that was after us. Yeah, I and then you that. called yeah. me. I think yeah. I was a little bit tipsy at that point. And I, I was just, yeah, when I was getting a little bit drunk, I was just like, I thought I was just going to put that up there because I think he'd sent me something. Funny. And he, yeah, you, he sends me little weird messages as well on the phone. And uh, he's, he's talking. He's got your number. Well, no, through, fa- oh, through, through Facebook. Facebook. Oh, yeah, no. and like, you know, I'm so and so. And I was like, what the hell? He, he might be listening to this actually when it comes out. I so, yeah, you're a strange guy, mate, really. Yeah. Um, Can we name check him? Nah. <laughs> no, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who he is. He's from Vegas. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it was strange. So I was. That's why I was saying. But uh, I, do you know, do you know, funny thing about that is that you kind of go, I want to delete them or I want to, I want to block them. Yeah. Then in the back of your head, you're going, there's a bit of entertainment kind of, value entertaining. attached to this. I don't want to quite get rid yeah. of them. Yeah, I've had a few. I've had a few. I had one guy, poor guy. He ended up in a getting sectioned he came over here from some other country and he oh, really yeah i won't want to say too much and then okay. he was sending me messages on that he thought he was a robot <laughs> 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 he was sending me he was sending me videos of him uh talking like a robot thinking he was a robot he thought he was a robot yeah uh i, wonder I, ho- I think he got better i think he uh well i hope he got better <laughs> i think he got better but i was like yeah he was like he thought i obviously i i understand because i'm a robot Okay. Because I do a lot of robot music. Uh, I guess that was the connection. But yeah, it was kind of... Uh, That's hilarious. It was quite funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I just... I didn't have the heart to be like, look, man, leave me alone or anything. Because it's kind of... I felt it was harmless and it, yeah. was, it was all right. My wife was a little bit more concerned than I was. But I was like, no, I think it's all right. And, you know, I kind of... Yeah, I kind of yeah. didn't want to be <laughs> too cruel. But yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but yeah, he thought he was a robot. And I thought I was a robot. Um, I mean, how do you even approach that conversation? Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, but I thought well, I've well, kind of dug my own hole there, really, because of the music I make. It's yeah, it's well, always I mean, been very robot themed. Well, so probably, maybe people do think I'm a robot. Well, I mean, that just kind of um, shows the success. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's working. Yeah, maybe I should have done this whole interview through the vocoder mark. <laughs> yeah, <don't laughs> it's not too late. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> can we go and plug it in. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, strange, but yeah, he gets a mention there. I won't. I can't remember what his name was. That guy. I think he's changed right. his name since on Facebook. Maybe. I think he's well again. Well, I would imagine he'll be listening to him. So hello. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hope you're feeling better. I hope you're well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, so like like you mentioned, you post a bit of music. Um, it was. Oh, our friends electro. Our friends electro. Yeah, uh, Gary Newman. You sent yeah. it to me, cracking. You like that one? Yeah, oh, I'm glad you oh like that. God, yeah. yeah, that's Brilliant the title track. track actually for the album. I so mean, I, I would, you know, listening to it, I would be shocked if you you, you had another title track because that was fantastic. There's some good ones on that album yeah. actually. Yeah, we've got some blinders. I, I will say so myself. It's been a long time in the making. Uh, I do that with my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. uh, that's Matt Whitehead, and he does a lot of really authentic acid house. Great electro as well. A lot of stuff on um, a label called Cultivated Electronics, okay. which is uh, Phil Bolland's label, which is a great label, doing really well. Um, we've been doing, we did an EP probably about four years ago now, 
and that was really well received and then it was like right we've got to do an album but it's been getting me and him in the studio at the same time is kind of we, we kind of always sort of miss each other and he's usually busy doing other things so I said to him look I've got another baby about on the way in the next few weeks we've got to get this done now we've got to wrap this project up right and so I got him over and that was it we got on the beers and finally got it done and I, yeah like I've sent it to you now that album's out well coming out hopefully soon I've sent it out to a few labels I've uh, got a couple who are interested already oh, so, yeah uh, so yeah that's uh, coming out but there's some good ones on there in fact I'll send you uh, a link I'll send you the whole thing yeah I, I mean I that jump I was this is amazing yeah uh, oh, but, but I loved it I loved the little clip anyway I heard it and I was like this is yeah. wicked I've got to hear more I'm of this I'm glad you like it yeah it's uh, yeah I'm really happy with it I'm, it's uh, are you singing on a lot of the songs yeah it's always me doing the vocals okay. yeah yeah I tend to I like to do that sort of thing yeah yeah how do you go about writing uh, lyrics? Or just, is it... It just pops into my head, you know. Really? <laughs> just at weird times. I usually have an idea. It usually starts with a title. Right, okay. And then uh, I sort of work with that, throw a you know, few ideas in there. Yeah. yeah. I, usually, I often do start with titles. I have lots of titles there sitting around. I have ideas and... Uh, yeah, I haven't written any new lyrics for a while now. I think I've sort of caught up with all the things I had as backlog, so I need to right. start doing that again. But... Um, yeah, just have an idea and just, you know, just work from there, really. Oh, and wicked. Yeah, and I tend to use the vocoder. Not as much as I used to. There is vocoder in that one yeah. for the chorus, yeah. but yeah. Um, we've used pitch shifters and distortion and everything on that one. Okay. But, um, yeah. It's always very um, robotic, yeah, electronic. I know, you know, I am, yeah. I'm yeah. really from that ilk. I, I love that whole sort of sci-fi in music sort of thing. I have done other sort of things, but yeah, I mean, people do say I always go on about them, but I do do, yeah. <laughs> Can't <laughs> help what, it. That's but, what I'm into, right? Yeah, that's what I'm into. But and I've been trying to sort of move away from that a little bit more and uh, do sort of different themes now. So I've done other tracks on, but they always have some sort of mystery or some sort of unknown sort of element to them right. and that sort of, yeah. So they're always sort of that sort so of... So you think uh, it's just your personality coming out? Yeah, and, it is. Know, Apart, the only time I've ever done anything different was the one I sent earlier about the, the Kronos device, the kill switch thing, which went a bit political, which was completely <laughs> different for me. But it was quite nice to get that sort of out of my system. Yeah, I think I want to do one about war soon, actually. Yeah? Yeah. It's coming. War thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe because I could feel it, yeah. But yeah, I know. I, I I do sort of always go back to that. But that's what I love. So you know, right. that's why. I mean, say, saying that though, like the political landscape, not just not. I mean, worldwide mm. is it. It's so it's fuck. It's so yeah. <laughs> it's such a crazy thing to grasp. Yeah, that it's all. It is interesting, and it has got. You you follow one bit, and it kind of opens the door to something mm. else. You know, like recently this week. You know, they'd done all the investigations with Trump, and he yeah. turned around. He's with the president, going, "No, I don't think you've done it." And, like, and then the next day, <laughs> the next day, he's going, oh, oh, "I think I was misquoted." Yeah. No, no, you weren't. That's an absolute bonehead. Absolute. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, can't stand but it's like a soap opera, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a joke, man. This is where we've evolved to this point in time now. If, if you want to get if, another beer, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go and grab us another yeah, beer. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, is this where we've come? Like, you know, in this evolutionary part of our existence. We're, we're at this point now. We're all fucking idiots, aren't we? Mm. Is it all just basically this whole sheen's come off humanity? We're all just a bunch of morons, and we will accept. Yeah, e even when they go, 
he, he, like, I mean, he's You're being lied to blatantly in your face and we're all just there going... <laughs> he's the best. He's the best in some respect. It's like going it's about. Crazy. It's going back to that thing I was saying about like uh, Facebook people. You go, I want to delete them, but I don't no, want to see what else they're going to see. This do. is the thing. You see, you can't be in your little bubble. I have had. To, I've had to block two people in the whole. I've been on there for like eleven years now, and it's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. But I've had to block two people, and that's it. And I don't like to do it. This but morning that was just it abusive. Yeah, and it was just it too much. Him up, yeah. yeah, and that was pretty much where it was getting. One guy was just abusive, and the other guy was just too much. Just, oh, just wouldn't listen. Right. And, you know, but um, no, I keep trying to keep everyone on there, yeah. even if it's people I disagree with, because even though I might have a bit of banter <laughs> with them, then I might be a bit rude with them as well, either way. But it's like, you've got to keep people on there. You've got to see what else is going on, haven't you? Well, I mean, that's the thing with... To an extent. That, yeah, to an extent. <laughs> so if it bothers you, then, you know... But that's how I see Trump. Yeah, that's I know, I That's how I view I Trump. Yeah. I kind of go, oh, he's an idiot. And then I think, well, if you get rid of him, then... But who's then, pulling the... Str- what's, see, this is a thing, and he is a distraction. This is it. Yeah. All the stuff that's going on while we're listening to all the, the latest crap that he's come out with and the latest thing that's in the yeah. news about him, and we're just like, oh, the guy's a moron. It's what like, an idiot. Yeah. I can't believe this guy's, you know, the president. But there's all this other stuff getting pushed That's through it. all the time behind it. And it, it's shocking that this is going on. It's well, shocking that we've got to this point. you're looking at the right hand moving while the left hand's yeah. actually doing something. It's like he's come along, he's got in, and these people are like, well, great. What a distraction. While he's doing that, we're doing this. But yeah. it's, it's, at the end of it, it's so damaging. Everything yeah. that's happened yeah. here, it's just so damaging to everything. It's damaging to America. It's damaging to us. It's damaging to the whole world. And it just depresses me. But at the same time, I just laugh at the guy and just think, you are an absolute cock. I, I just love, I, there's one thing I love about Trump. I love, I love the braze because there's so many things he does. From, there's so many things he does that other presidents would have been impeached for a oh long yeah. time know, ago. But he gets away with it because he'd go, no, I didn't say that. And oh. it'd be like black and white. No, you said it yesterday. I know. No, I didn't. I know. I just, I despair. But at the same time, at the same time, I just laugh. But I, I laugh in a sort of way I'm almost like crying. At like, what the hell? It is wrong. Happen. your eyes it, it is isn't it? oh my god shocking i mean they'll be writing about this in history books if we if we make it as a species that is but i mean if we get past this like 100 years from now this era like it's what be the brilliant. fuck happened when, when, <laughs> when you're when people are historians are yeah. explaining what's yeah. happening How now this to, happened. Like, yeah. to kids at school They're yeah go, but, but what, why? Why? What, yeah, why exactly yeah it's, it's this is like the whole the dumbest part of our evolution yeah, but you know, good inspiration it. for music. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Maybe, we should, yeah. Somebody yeah. should do a Trump record. Can't really knock it. <laughs> got, somebody should, I should sample him. But I just can't, I can't even stand the sound of his voice. This no, is the thing. No, I wouldn't no. be able to do it, but somebody should. It'll be fun. But it's the repeating, the same thing. It goes, if he says it twice, it means more. <laughs> what? You can't believe a word the guy says. No. Nah. It just changes, like, the weather. Yeah, I mean, this week's been fantastic. Cause obviously, he's just come from the oh, UK. And it, it was, it was I don't like, think oh, I've British ever, people love me. It's like we <laughs> I don't think I've ever shared so many things on Facebook with him in it in my life. That's now, as this whole weekend just gone by and what's been happening. I, I mean, know. I've just been posting everything because it's making me laugh, but at the same time, it's making me like go, what? Yeah, I know. I, know. I, cannot, I cannot believe it. Would you like a beer? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to go for another beer. Get you a beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a podcast. It's not called Lowering the Tone for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get the vodka out. <laughs> Shots. <laughs> Yeah, enough about Trump. Yeah, enough about Trump. 
So there's something else I, I, I mean, I've scribbled a few notes. Um, yeah. Like I said to you, beginning, so I didn't want to kind of have too many. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have a questionnaire. Yeah, it's um, the conversation yeah, Just kind of wonder where we go. Um, something that's interesting is that, you, I mean, you've got to travel quite a lot through your music as well. Yeah, I've got, I've got round. Uh, not as much as yourself, though. I mean, you've been all over the place. Well, yeah, done yeah, all right. You've done all right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've done great, actually. I Thanks, mean, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I've got about. You know, it's it's always lovely. Um, mostly Europe, though, for me, and the States, really. Um, right. Yeah, that's where I was sort of more uh, welcomed. Uh, what about the Far East? No, no never. Not not for music. No. Right. No. I would have, I would imagine like. Japan would have been. I would love to have played Japan. Perfect. Yeah, Japan does does do electro as yeah, well. They, I mean, yeah. I've I've always wanted to play out there. I mean, Ed DMX used to go out there a bit. Um, some other people I know, have played, Keith's played out there a bit yeah. as well when he was with Andy. Would, I mean, well, two two lame swordsmen definitely had a. They, yeah. I mean, well, Andy Weaver's got a kind of cult following anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's I got mean, Sean Johnston with him now, isn't that's he? Right. Yeah, I remember Sean. And yeah. What's it something? Um, from Out Space I can't remember what, I don't know what they're called I saw something come up with them the other day they're yeah. doing something um, it came up in my feed and I was like oh yeah god uh, Sean's with him yeah um, yeah I can't remember what they're called now yeah I, but I, yeah Keith used to travel a lot with Andy all over I, mean, I know they did Japan definitely yeah because I, 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 I remember rightly um You've done Japan have you? Yeah 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 I've played I, I've only been there on a holiday like for a stopover but, yeah, but it's I, I would good. love to go and gig out there. That would be one of my first places. If I, if I could choose somewhere to go and play, Japan would be I mean, there's some good clubs. The list. There's some great, I mean, really? very futuristic clubs. Yeah. Um, the Womb in, in Techno... Uh, well, techno is <laughs> Tokyo? The Womb in Tokyo is yeah. an absolute mind. Is it? It's got a phase-on sound system there. Right. And it's on hydraulics. Really? So when the night starts, it, the sound system gets lowered from the ceiling. <laughs> You know, to just above head height. Yeah, excellent. And then at the end of the night when they cheer and they close and they put the lights on, the sound system packs itself away. Really? <laughs> it's and amazing. Got to love the Japanese, man. Yeah. The technology. It was Tokyo, actually, that I have visited, but I never got to go to a club while I was. I was only out there for a couple of nights on the stopover. But um, yeah, I loved it. I would love to see more of that country. I really would. Actually, uh, you know Lee Savage, obviously. He goes yeah. out there quite a bit. Well, it, it, I mean, um, for anyone that's listening... It's <laughs> interested. Um, one of our connections dates back to um, the Lee, Lee Savage who you've just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, and I'd say that's he, probably our biggest connection yeah. there because of Nadia as well, who yes. was his girlfriend at the time, and you used to be in a band with. Yeah, yeah. Nadia was the singer in yeah, my, my yeah. yeah yeah in my band. Yeah, and um, and then Nadia went out with Keith. Yeah, after that's that. It, that's <laughs> so right. Yeah, exactly. He, and, um, yeah. But then Lee Savage. Um, was joined forces with Chris Hawkins. Chris Hawkins, and I my label before Lot Forty Nine. So we, I mean, we're going back. I mean, I I was just a kid when I was running that. Yeah. Um, but I had a label called Whole Nine Yards, yeah. and they used to record as Rhythm Division. That's right. Yeah. We released their first album on yeah. um, on my on my little record label. Yeah, we only done records there. There wasn't yeah. digital downloads. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, I mean, you're good friends with Lee. Yeah, yeah, I see Lee quite a bit still, actually. Yeah, yeah he lives just down the road. Well, I went to school with Lee, and we used to yeah. bunk off school <laughs> and go around his house, and he had a 303 and a drum machine. He had an 808 and a 303. We Excellent. used to sit there, and he'd program drums, and we'd just tweak acid. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he loves acid. I mean, he was, he was always doing that from the, when I first met him, he had... Yeah, the 303 and 808, a 101, the 202. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he had a few little bits and pieces. And he would gig 
with his 808 and his 303 yeah. all over the place at one time, Plan- just doing little gigs all over the place with that. That's right. That was there. He used to get booked quite a bit doing that because he was a fear teacher. He was one of the fear original teachers. Original fear yeah. teacher, yeah. And uh, he would DJ then for those, those parties we would do in the woods all over around Surrey. And uh, they yeah, were good times. Good, oh, they were brilliant times. Yeah. They were excellent. I think the whole 91 was such a good year for those parties. Because we, we were getting away with murder in those days. And we were finding mm. ven- new venues all the time. Thousands of people were turning up at some of them. Anywhere. <laughs> it was great, yeah. I mean, it was... That, they those rarely was, got stopped. Occasionally. Okay, yeah. But, but you get enough people in there to quickly. how many they would do. Yeah. We'd do them every weekend at yeah. one point. We'd do them every weekend. But we'd go find some, a venue. We found that one in East Always somewhere to go, Horsley. weren't it? Yeah, yeah. The one in East Horsley East was Horsley. a big one. That was a 3,000 people one. That was a big one. And that was the one that got stopped. Right. Yeah. The first one there. And they brought the writer police in and everything. But that one got mentioned all over Kiss and everything. And that, I think that's why. Yeah. And after that, we still did Eastwood after that as well. And never had any problems. But that one, that one in particular was the one that got I shut I remember down. walking down the hill <laughs> afterwards. And there was just, as far as you could walk, there was riot police. Yeah. And do you know who got beaten up? Who? Bill Brunner. Oh, by really? the riot police. Yeah, he got hit. Yeah, they, they started on him for some reason. I don't know why, but he got battered. Oh wow! Yeah, that's, ask him about that if you speak to him. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I mean, I do, we we cross paths every now and yeah, then. That he got hit. I can't remember why. He wasn't doing anything. I think just somebody just didn't like the look of him and just hit him. One of the policemen, <laughs> you know, just gave him a batter. Him. <laughs> but that was that was the that was the biggest one we did, and that was when it was all going crazy at that time. But yeah, after that, there weren't as there weren't as many people as that. But. Uh, yeah, we carried on doing them, but then I think it was after that sort of year, maybe the next year we were doing them still as well, and then it sort of we took it into a we had a venue in London, uh, Longford Street. Did you ever go yes, to that? Yeah. Yes, yes, that really decrepit old building that felt like the floors were going to that's fall right, through. and yeah, oh my god, that's <laughs> yeah, a blast it was in next the past. to that church, and everyone used to that's go into right. the church, and yeah, that was crazy. Well, but it was never of... as good as the, uh, the outdoor parties, the, the ones in the woods were the, always yeah. the best. Well, I mean, there's something that's got to be said about being outside yeah. and, and seeing the sun come yeah, exactly. up. Exactly. Building fires. Yeah, and just sitting doing around. You and you, you kind of, it's a little bit more organic meeting yeah, people, it whereas it's just a little bit more dirty in a squat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I always preferred the outdoors parties. Outdoor parties were the ones. I mean, if I could do any, even, I'm not that I'd go to those sort of things now, but when it all sort of moved into warehouses and squats and things like that, it, it, was, it, was, it was all right after a while. You had to be in the mood for it, but it never had the same vibe. It's all no. a bit dirty. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's... you want to be outside. So whenever there was somebody, somebody did one outdoors, and they went on for the whole weekend, and I was just mm. that was great. I miss those times. Actually, there's something cool about being in in like a, a out there clearing in somewhere. Yeah, and you see With people sound at... system pounding <laughs> away, going off foraging <laughs> for wood in the middle of the night, like not even knowing where, bringing big branches of trees, yeah. throwing it on the fire. fire. It's great fun. No, not to worry about anything. Just you know, you just did what you wanted. It was great. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's less um, sort of safety issues as well compared to squats. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and some then, of the places I remember going, and I mean, there was places with, lift, with lift shafts open, rough. and people fell in and stuff like that. In some of the places we would do gigs in, I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, Longford Street. I mean, that place. I mean, falling to bits. It was falling to bits, and that was in the nineties. I'm like, I don't <laughs> I think it's still there. You know, really? Yeah. But I remember people, you'd, you'd be on the bottom floor and there'd be, the music would be on the floor above. And that, I swear that ceiling was going to come down. Yeah. I mean, it was dangerous. Yeah. It was very dangerous. 
Yeah. I, 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 um, funny enough, um, from that from that same era, I was out in France a few years back and um, I met the Spiral Tribe. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Ben knows uh, Spiral Tribe. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, got on really well. Funny enough, one of the guys, Cyrus, um, lives in Morocco now. Right. And he wrote a book. Oh, no, it's, it, I'm, it's such a long title, I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> but it's something about... Um, Something about the Wu Tang Clan, and and it was um, um, last year it was on um, Rolling Stones um, top five books of the year. Really? Yep. And wow. um, he comes over a lot, and um, I'm going to interview him for this podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, he's one of the sort of the original members, but also one of the one of the, the people that would keep everyone together. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's got fantastic stories. Like he interviewed me because he was doing right. Um, um, this is like probably six or seven years ago. He interviewed, he's a really good writer. Right, okay. Um, and he interviewed me for something or nothing. We got chatting and he, he just dropped it. He was like, oh, you know, I was in Spiral Trials. I was like, what? Oh, right. And then I met some of the other guys while I was in France and they invited me to go and play at their party in Bristol. They'd done a big okay. party at um, the Lakota. I mean, this is how popular, how long, I mean, we're talking, you know, 20 years Plus, at least, yeah. From when these guys were popular, they'd done a party at Lakota. They'd done a thousand people, right? I arrived at twelve o'clock. They'd done a thousand people. It was one in, one out at twelve o'clock, and, right, and they well, hadn't done any promotion. Wow, yeah. It was a Good word of following. mouth. Yeah, that's a serious. Well, Ben McCusker knows the Spiral Tribe lot quite well. Right. He because he was always travelling around. He was doing his own little record distribution thing. He had his label. He would buy. He would sell most of my records as well. Oh, okay. And they, he'd swap a lot with Spiral. Oh, okay. And they would just exchange records and then take them out to the technivals around wherever they yeah. would be playing and taking their sound systems to. And that's how that whole thing worked, yeah. you know. But Ben was uh, telling me stories about Spiral Tribe before, recently, actually. But he, he knows them yeah. really well. well and I, I Brett mean, obviously would have done too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, one of our friends. Um, Brett. Do you want to say? Brett Youngs, yeah. He's no longer with us. Yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, that was very sad. Uh, he was he was kind of like you're saying with this guy from Spiral Tribe. He was like the... He the was the keep main. Keep it together. Yeah, he was the keep it together guy. He would organise a lot of the parties. He kept in touch with everyone from the days of when the fear teachers started. He knew everyone. He was yeah. always in touch with everyone. He was a real personable person. Yeah. And really nice guy. And obviously, when he died, way, way before his time, it all kind of fell apart. Right. Yeah, that where everyone was together doing something under one, one like Dead Silence Syndicate, which was right. what he was, you know. And once that, once he died, it all kind of fragmented a bit. Sort of disbanded. Yeah, and I was talking to Ben about him not too long ago because we lost another friend of ours very recently and just talking about Brett came up and we were just chatting about him and how things would have been very different had he not died, mm. you know, when he did. Because there was, he had lots of bigger plans and ideas and he was, he was a guy who could go out and organise stuff. Yeah. He was very much, that was his thing. He yeah. didn't make music. He didn't get involved in that. He had the label with, he had Audio Illusion recordings with Ben. But he was a bit of an organiser. You know, right. he would get things going and stuff, people excited about it, and he, he could talk it. Well, that's, I mean, that, that is it. You, you know, you have, it, like, a, within a group of people, you all have, everyone has different skills. Definitely. And that was his skill. And, yeah, and the that's sort of, the sort a of shame. management without, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's so sad. I mean, what could have been? Because there, there were, he had lots of big plans for for us all, and he wanted it all all of us together to do it. We, we probably would have been doing a lot lot better than we did, 
but that's just how yeah, things go. Life, you know, it? it is. Yeah, that's just how yeah. It goes. I, I mean, from from that from that group of friends from you know, you know, early nineties, it has spawned you know a, a wealth of talent. I know it's mad. Isn't it? Yeah, it's how many people crazy. from around this little area? Yeah, have gone on to do Surrey. stuff. It's shocking. <laughs> and I do think about that sometimes. It's like, wow. But I, I also think that the one of the reasons was you had these, you had, you know, fear teachers, which kind of brought a lot of people together, brought a lot of... Yeah, that whole... Yeah, that, kind There were so many friends at that point in time, yeah. wasn't there? Everyone knew everyone. It, it did bring a lot of people together. And it kind of, I think, I think for, for, me, for me personally, and I said this when I was talking to you, is that, you know, you were the first person that I knew to have a proper record deal. Really? Yeah. Because oh I mean, up to that point, I mean, I was in bands when you got when you were going to, to Florida, Florida. Yeah. to work with Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, Dynamite Two. That's my dream. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> you know, and, and I was, yeah. and I was playing, I was playing bass in a crappy band. You know? <laughs> <laughs> was Jason O'Brien was in that band with you? No, Jason you? was in another band called Strange Nature. Oh, he was with Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Keith, Keith yeah, Tennyswood was yeah, the yeah, guitarist, yeah. and Jason O'Brien. Yeah. Jason O'Brien is a co-producer in Dub Pistols. That's right. For yeah. anyone that's yeah. interested, um, you know, I haven't but, seen him for ages. He's back in Weybridge now, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he, he, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I heard a funny story. I, I, I do see Jason every now and then. But yeah. Apparently, he mar- married a princess or something. Yeah, he did. Yeah, in a Bali or something. In Bali. He? Yeah, that's right. Because he had started a little uh, DJ agency sort of thing as well, and he put me on it. Yeah. For a I, bit, but nothing. Bonkers. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Uh, yeah, but I heard he'd moved back, but I don't know. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him properly for years. I mean, I think you know him a lot better than yeah. I do as well. Yeah, I mean, I worked with Jason when I was signed to Wall of Sound. Right, okay. um, We used to do Ceasefire together right. with another guy called Derek DeLarge. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, he's part of Dub Pistols. No, that's oh, Barry Ashworth, oh, you're thinking okay. of. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, they, it was from that era, yeah. you know, that sort of big beat era. Yeah. Uh, but me and Jason done some work together, and then we... Made an album for RNS recordings right. under name. Oh, Avon. RNS, yeah. yeah. I see. I submitted that album to RNS, but I never heard back from. Oh, okay. I never heard back from him. Yeah, because he, he was asking for some electro funk on one of his threads, and oh, somebody okay. somebody tagged me in his post, and I so I sent him some bits, and then it turns out that a remix of me and Cy Brown had done um, for uh, Signal Type, which is uh, on that Cultivated Electronics album a label that I was mentioning, which is my brother-in-law and uh, Phil Bolland. He wanted to release that on RNS. Oh, I didn't even know this at the time. This is like from what could be even ten years ago, eight years ago maybe. Oh, okay. I found out a few months ago that oh yeah, he wanted to put that out, and I was like, nobody ever said that. Oh. Like, well, so I, I thought oh, I'll send him the album then because I said, look, I'll, you know, if you're interested in some electro funk, I'll send you this. But he's downloaded it, but I haven't heard. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess mean, it's not his I'm, thing. I mean, I can connect you to an art. I know. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, like I say, I only, I only know him through Facebook. Just yeah. A couple yeah. of lines of chat on the messages but oh, okay yeah i'll mention it yeah yeah i mean he's got very broad taste in music and um, yeah. he seems to be djing a lot now he Is never he? he never used to but right. um, i mean he seems to be djing a lot every time i like every time i open up um instagram it's him in front DJing of thousands again. of people yeah. somewhere <laughs> and i think he went on tour with maceoplex right okay um and obviously so it's kind of ready made audience yeah, you know, yeah. very popular it's good though it's good yeah. work if you can get it that's it <laughs> that's it so, um just um just sort of Going back a little bit, because I mean, what I found quite interesting was that there was like about the the moment where Electro was kind of where I mean, Weatherall was kind of he, he kind of unintentionally became a bit of a figurehead. Yeah, and that's yeah. when it all that was kind of like the big 
explosion of it again yeah. over here, especially. Yeah, because a haywire agency. Haywire. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a lot of us Rotter, were on. Rotter's Golf. Rotter's Golf Club was yeah. his label. Yeah, that's right. So he was obviously on Warp with Keith as Two Lone Swordsman, which is a great label to be on. Obviously, right. <laughs> you know, great label to be on. And he had then started a Rotter's Golf Rotter's Golf Club. I never put anything out. I did a remix or two, I think, for that label. Um, yeah, but there was also uh, Amanda Burton who started Haywire, the, like a DJ agency, and she had a little label as well. Okay. And they had the shop, uh, but it was all, all all based in Scrutton Street in uh, Shoreditch, uh, Old right. Street area, and uh, they had the studios. They shared um, with Fuel Records. Remember Fuel? That's right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I know, I know Dave. There's a chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a chance meeting. I think uh, Keith and Cy and that were all at. Uh, something in Clapham, like a skate BMX thing, but it was also like a big uh, sound system. Fuel had their cars there, yeah. which had the speakers that hydraulically came out the boots and, you know, it would be yeah. blasting music. I think Tipper was obviously DJing. Well, they, Tipper got signed to Sony because they were hoping he would be the next Apex twin. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> which obviously yeah. didn't go to plan. No, yeah. At I the heard, time. Is Tipper all right? Cause he's I heard he's him, he doing really, really well in America. Okay. He lives in Hawaii now. Oh, does he? Yeah, he had like some health problems recently. Back issues. Yeah, there was something. Yeah. His, um, but I, I don't know Tipper that well. But funnily enough, I know him through his old neighbour as well, like a uh, girl. Yeah, it's like a weird connection. But well, I, I, mean, I bumped it, into a couple of times on gigs in in America, and we've been at the hotel and that. Yeah, but um, he's doing I, really well now. Excellent, because I mean, he's considered the father of Glitch Hop. Yeah, <laughs> the Godfather. What, what was the other guy's name as well? He used to work with quite a bit. Um, God, and the name escapes me. I bumped into him the other day. Well, not to say the other day, a couple of years ago. But he lives over here still, and I can't remember his name. He does glitch as well. Did glitch? Oh, it's, I'm uh, going to forget. I'll, I'll leave it. It's a weird tangent, right. but it was a friend of his that uh, I, I see around every now and then. But uh, yeah, well, Fuel had the studio anyway in Scrutton Street, yeah. and then <clears throat> there was two rooms. Tipper had his studio in one, and then two lone swordsmen, Keith and Andy, moved into the other one. Right. And then there was another room there, which is where Haywire was run out of, okay. which was uh, Amanda Burton's uh, agency, which had Keith and Andy on it, obviously myself, Simon, um, loads of other DJs right. and producers on there as well. And that was really good because once that we were all localised with that agency, they, they started getting loads of gigs for everyone. They were putting on nights all the nights. time. Loads of things at the Fortress. and The uh, Fortress. Yeah, I love that uh, place. That's where I used to do my, my, <laughs> my night at home. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that place. Yeah, it's the amazing. The rooftop bit. And, uh, it, was, it was great, that place. Um, yeah, all around they would do parties all around that area. And it was always, a, we'd go on Groove Tech as well. We had, they had Groove a, Tech. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we did Groove Tech. Did you ever do Groove yeah, Tech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so played we after Weverall, actually. Oh, he was. You? He was. I played I played the show after him. I, I was just doing it as a guest. But um, yeah, and I, I, that's where I first met him. Oh, okay. Because we, yeah, because I remember me, Keith and Sice have a little, I think it was a Monday night. And it was after Alex Patterson from the Orb. Yeah, yeah. He would play before us and then we'd go on. That was, that was a good days, actually. I used to like that. I mean, that was the first. I mean, that was the first sort of major Digital. internet, yeah, yeah, internet radio I think station. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, that was all through Haywire. That was all a link up through Haywire. Yeah, because they used to distribute records. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they used to take quite a bit of my stuff there. I can't remember yeah. the guy's name now, um, but he came from another distributor and he went set up there. Yeah, that was a really good place. That was separate Shepherd's Bush Way, wasn't it? Behind Shepherd's Something Bush, like White that. City, sort of White that City, area. That's right. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that, that's a that's... good little business template, really. Have a distribution company and have a 24-hour-a-day mm. a radio, like cold. internet radio station, because a lot, 
that the adverts would always be buy your records direct yeah. from the station. Yeah, you know? it was it's great. I used to like that. That was Cy Brown used to always turn up completely trolleyed because in those days, well, Cy would uh, go out on a Thursday, come home on a like Monday, but we'd have the right. Monday night and he'd turn up with a bottle of Jack Daniels, like proper rock star style, right. <laughs> really <laughs> drunk, box of records, like. And, uh, it should have been the out of control tower. Yeah, definitely the out of control <laughs> tower. But yeah, uh, those were the days for sure. But yeah, that that was how it was. That was a good time for Electro because right. of Haywire pushing it. Andy Weverell obviously being there as well, a big name. Yeah. Uh, Rick Hopkins, that was another guy who was on there with us. There was loads of people actually. It's hard to remember who everyone was, but that was when it was going really good. And when that went, because uh, she opened a record shop in the basement there or she moved it somewhere else but it was appointment only and i think it got her into a bit of difficulty financially right don't quote me on this but it all sort of went it just sort of finished it was really sad because it was a great collective of people yeah and they were putting on great nights around london yeah, i mean, I mean hay, whenever, hay whenever wire, a haywire party great, was on yeah. it was always rammed there was another one that done well as well wang the Wang. Oh, Wang. Well, Wang, uh, Lou, yeah, Lou uh, from Wang was Haywire. She was the booking agent. Oh. <laughs> so that's how that's... She, I didn't even yeah. know that. Well, she, yeah. I think she had Wang going already at that time before because uh, looking back and now that's so far back, I, my timeline's a bit skewed. But um, yeah, she, Lou from Wang, who I still see actually, and Nathan, they're married now. Um, they still do the odd thing, but not not so much. But they would book Aphex Twin for Glastonbury and things like that. Right. They're still in touch with him. But yeah, they did Wang, but she was also the booking agent for Haywire at first. So she was really good. Right. But then she left and went to pursue her own things. And then somebody else took over. But yeah, she was there at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Lou was great. Lou, Lou was excellent at her job. Well, we're Very piece, good. Pe- piecing together the, yeah, the, the original UK electro yeah, scene. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how that work was. Yeah. I mean, it's a real shame that that didn't continue because uh, it was great for everyone involved. I, mean, I loved it. It was yeah. always something to play at. You know, they did the Bridge and Tunnel as well. I seem to remember that. There's Bridge and Tunnel on a Tuesday, which was um, just down the road. It's a Shoreditch area. Um, and then you had the Fortress... And then they did another one as well. There was another club they used to, another venue they used to rent out and do a party there. And then they would do random ones in like uh, behind King's Cross Station and things. Yeah. Just random things as well. But the Fortress was one they would do quite regularly. I'm sure, and the Bridge and Tunnel, I'm sure there was another venue they used to do. So there's always like everyone on the roster got to play every now and then around there. Yeah. So you always had a gig coming up every couple of months with them. And then, you you know, everyone contacting Haywire. It was well, a great little hub for electro artists because people would come to Haywire to book you. I've I, I got to be honest. I, I think it's um, it's good that agencies have... Really, all you're talking about is their showcasing stuff. Mm. And um, I It mean, needed that. Yeah. yeah. I think all scenes need that, yeah. actually. They you need, need, you need someone yeah. who's, who's doing that for it because otherwise it kind of doesn't really work, I don't think. It needs like a social. It needs something yeah. where people, can, lovers of the sound, yeah. can gather. yeah. You know. it, was, it was a real, it was a real shame that it never continued. I think she did start it up again as something else, with some other DJs on there, but um, a little bit sort of a more low key, I think. But uh, yeah, those were good times, definitely. So what's um, I mean, what's your immediate plans for uh, me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously you're finishing this album and stuff. Yeah, here. that's finished. Uh, I'm so glad that's wrapped up now. Um, How long did it take? Well, it's like me and Matt, we probably only meet maybe 
three times a year for. Oh, really? Yeah, it's because he's always got little love projects on himself with other people as well, so it's trying to pin him down. Right. Um, but uh, last year was spent mostly remixing an Egyptian Lover track when we did meet up. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, we, I'll send you that as well. That's actually coming out on the album. We, It was meant to come out as a 12-inch with him on his label, Egyptian Empire, which we were really stoked about. And we're like, wow, we're coming on yeah. Egyptian Empire records. But um, I kind of think that he's changed his mind on that or he's put something else out in, in, instead. So I spoke to him actually just after I spoke to you. All right. Okay. <laughs> I sent him a message said, look, are you okay? Because we just finished this album. Are you okay with us putting it out? If you're not going to put it out yourself now, are you okay with us putting it out on our album? And he was like, yeah, go for it, man. No problem at all. That's Which cool. is really cool That's of him. really cool. I said, look, just tell me exactly how you want it to read on the album, what you needed to say and he just sent me what he needs it to say wow. taken from and that, so that's coming out because it's, we really went to town on it we, we spent a lot of time we tweaked it a bit for him as well um, changed something he wanted changed on it but because Matt and me rarely meet that often yeah um, it, it's take, it took like about four or so sessions to, right. to, get, to get it where it is to finish it but yeah really pleased with the way that came out and I'm glad that it is actually going to come out now. Well, yeah, I mean, you've ended I, up you've ended up with a little gem on your own yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been lovely to get something out on Egyptian Empire Records just to, because it's such a classic label and it's, it's right. one of the labels from my youth that obviously really influenced me. Yeah. But yeah, you know, maybe maybe something else in the future with him. But uh, yeah, I got to work with him before. Anyway, I've remixed him once before and we did a collaboration, me and Cy and him. We did a, he does a thing called Jamie Jupiter as well. Okay. And we, we co-produced that with him as well, so... We've got little connections. He's a cool guy. Yeah? And this is your brother-in-law? Uh, no, this is uh, Greg Broussard, oh, Egyptian sorry, lover. Right, sorry, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was, was I rambling? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But um, no, my brother-in-law doesn't have... Oh, he does? No, he doesn't have a label, no. But uh, yeah. yeah, but he's, he's a great producer as well. Matt Whitehead, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Um, if you check some of his stuff I will, out, definitely. He's will. really good. Uh, yeah, he's a perfectionist, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So with with, um, with this album, are you planning on live performance or or are you going to DJ? Because mm. I mean, you've done a lot of live. Kind yeah. Of. See, bless, people like to book me for live. Uh, it's fair enough. It's I, just I, a bit more novel, don't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, everyone DJs, don't they? And uh, I suppose. Yeah, I, I need to sort that out. Uh, Model Citizens Live. I'm not sure. I don't right. know how we go about it. We'd have to figure it out if we were going to do it. Right. Um, because it's always a little bit more confusing. You've got two people doing stuff with. I can't even do it on my that. own. Really? <laughs> See, I, I, had it, I had it down on my own before with my old live set. I used to play f from an MPC, 2000, right. and just bring like an, an old uh, Korg synth, and I'd have my vocoder through that. Right. But my new setup, which I've still got to sort out, I've got the, I bought an MPC again. I've had it all kitted out. It looks like an 808. I'll show oh, you it in a yeah, minute. Yeah. It's in there. It's a bit of a, a vanity project of mine. But um, I've got the voc I've got the old SVC Roland uh, vocoder, 350 which i use for which is the, the best one for the sort of electro sounding robot voice uh an old pro one that i'd use as okay. well and i've got to really now sit in this in there for one or two days and just work out map out a whole new live set it, all it takes is for me to go in there i've got to maybe take a few of the old ones that i used to play live some of the better stuff and then put maybe five or six new new ones in there get it in there, work it all out. Because on the MPC, it's not like on a computer. It's yeah. a little bit, you've got a tiny little screen. Yeah. You've got to yeah, set yeah, these yeah. things up. It's yeah. all program changes and MIDI changes to set the next track come yeah. in. You've got to do all these things. And uh, I know I can do it, but it's just boring. 
<laughs> it's boring and yeah. I really when I get the time to do that sort of stuff now I tend to want to write new music, write new music. that's exactly. basically how it is so when I get the time to do anything it's like I want to be in the studio creating new stuff I don't necessarily want to be in there fiddling around with old tracks getting yeah. it working again so I can go and play live but I need to because I've got lots of offers People well, want me to play live, so well, I, was I should say, do it. An album, you know, it'd be a bit of a crime if you don't I do know, some I know. shows. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, the thing is, I keep getting asked to go to play America as well, and I've, I've had a couple. I've had to turn it down twice last two years as well. And I do like going out there and playing. You know, it'd be nice to catch up with some friends as well. But I just keep saying, look, I haven't done it yet. I'm really sorry. I haven't sorted it out yet. Right. And it's it's because if I've had a kid and I've got another yeah, one coming. You've got one on the it color. kind of, it, whenever you do get the time, it's like I want to get these songs out of my head and I want to yeah. release music rather than backtrack over stuff and try and faff around with it. Well, I guess it, there's plenty of time to actually go out and play, um, mm. whereas trying to document that, that your inspiration comes yeah. in waves. <laughs> exactly. You know, you've got to grab it when it's there, haven't you? Yeah. So, and it, you know, it, it, the process of actually writing recording and uh, releasing is quite a long process oh god yeah you know it's not yeah it's, it takes well, especially time when it's on your own label yeah exactly that's why i don't even because do you're doing now. all the paperwork and all the yeah all the management of it and i don't even that's why i don't even do well i had to release on my own label last year and but then i'd let the a guy take over that for me he does all the pressing oh, okay uh distribution and everything for me sends me some copies i get the digital he's it's a quite a nice little setup because he, oh, okay. he, he's he's into the label so that's a quite a nice way of doing it that's so a, yeah so i get to have the label still but i, I can't be bothered with uh i mean sorting all the artwork out doing well, it. yeah the, the the, the, the collecting the money in getting a distributor i mean distributors yeah. now as well it's hard and i just you know i don't want to have that headache yeah i've done enough of that I've done, my, I've done my stint of that. Yeah. <laughs> I've put the work in there. Yeah. And I've had enough of it, really, you know. So you, you know what it's yeah, like. Oh, mate, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a hard slog. And really, I'd rather just concentrate on making music. That's where my love is. That's the passion is in yeah. writing new stuff, putting it out and seeing what people think of it. Well, no, absolutely. You know. Right, well, um, I mean, have you got anything more to add? Uh, is there anything you need to talk about? <laughs> well, maybe you should come down and join us on a session one day. I'd love to. You know, um, we've got that resonance committee thing, uh, which is me, Keith Tenniswood, Cy Brown, Matt Whitehead, and also now Phil Bollins joining us. But it's okay. like a collective of yeah, us. Yeah, man. Definitely. Uh, we just go in the studio at Keith's studio where he works it's Curved which has just moved to Hastings now oh is it yeah and oh, okay. Keith's just moved to Hastings as well so uh, oh okay cool so, yeah so what we do is like we've kind of well I come up with this idea of like it's a committee and as long as there's two of the original members the original four it can be a resonance committee release that's a great idea yeah so it's just like it can fluctuate so we don't always have to be there so not you know yeah, at least yeah. there's two of us and then anyone wants to come in from anywhere we just go in and take the studio for a day, get a few beers in, knock some stuff, knock out. Some stuff out and record it. We tend to jam live for a bit and then okay. take bits out of it and that's it. We meet twice a year. That's kind of... That sounds it's like, amazing. Yeah, that it's sounds quite really good. good. So if you're up for it, I yeah, mean, you know, definitely. I mean, they've just, they're just building the studio, I think now. Uh, they've just moved down, I think, last weekend. Is so he still doing some mastering, is it? Yeah, he does yeah. some mastering there as well. So he's a studio engineer and does the mastering too. Okay, cool. So, but we get a, you know, a good rate on it because he's, you know, works there. So, uh, yeah, we just take it out, for, usually on a Saturday. Oh, wicked. And it's, it's good fun, you know. We all go in there, cram ourselves in there, get the drinks going and just see what happens. See what comes up. Yeah, and it's, it's a good way of doing stuff. That's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. It's very honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's not always great. Some things come and we're like, no, nah, that wasn't very good, was it? 
<laughs> you know, but uh, I mean, you don't have to release it though. It's no, exactly. Of, yeah, exactly. You know. We have we we put out the the twelve last. Oh, it's this year, I think. And we've got another thing. We've just some new ones. We've just started with Phil coming in as well. Matt wasn't in for that one, but you know, it's like I say, you don't have to be there. Everybody, you just come in, do a track, and leave. And yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. But, well, yeah. mention it to the boys. I will. I'll definitely yeah, definitely. Be, up for, be good to get you down there. Definitely give out out for a go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how bad can it be? Exactly. <laughs> well, it could get bad. <laughs> it could get very messy. It has done in the past, which is why it, we don't put out that much. <laughs> it gets recorded, but you know, but it's all good fun. Uh, right. Well, listen. Um, before we finish. Can I get um, some stings for you? Yeah. For, for me? Yeah. Okay. Can I get some stings for yeah, me? Of um, and it's just, you know, this is Phil Klein, okay, Bass Junkie. You're listening to Lowering the Tone with me, KT. Anything along that lines? Okay. Or even this is Bass Junkie. You're listening to Lowering the Tone. You just. Okay. This is Bass Junkie. You're listening to Lowering the Tone with me, KT. This is Phil Klein, also known as Bass Junkie. <laughs> you're listening to Lowering the Tone with me, KT. I think the first one was the best one. That's it. We use it. Brilliant. Anyway, thanks for your time, Phil. And um, yeah, it's lovely seeing you. Yeah, definitely. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Episode 25, Done and Dusted. If you like the show, you like the music and the interviews, please share the link, spread the word, spread the love, do whatever you can. I think that is it. Bye.